Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's very, very, very special episode of Stay Grounded with my brother, Craig Villani. So Craig is just, I mean, a master at his craft and very rarely do I get an opportunity to sit across from someone who has dedicated their lives to holding space for others in transformation, who has dedicated their their personal time, energy, focus in understanding themselves to a level that can only empower everyone around them to understand themselves in that way. And to give you a little bit of background on Craig, he's been in the yoga space and a teacher since 1999. He has guided thousands of facilitators and instructors through one of the world's most challenging Hatha yoga teacher training programs. And in this episode, Craig talked a lot about what yoga actually means. You know, for him, it's about creating space for transformation, connection, exploring oneness and knowing thyself. He talks a lot about the gift of witnessing and participating in human transformation. And and how he's actually developed himself to be somebody that can hold space. You know, holding space is, I think, one of the most important skill sets any of us can master. It is not coaching. It is not being useful. Holding space is simply allowing what is. It is creating an environment for profound healing, for transformation, for awakening. And, you know, Craig's unique insights about transformation combining with his lived experience makes truly him just one of a kind. I'm rarely blown away by people because of the amount of work that I personally do. But when I was having this conversation with Craig, I didn't want to talk. (laughs) I just wanted to listen, wanted to ask questions. And God, did we go deep. We talked about bliss, uh, witnessing people, the layered definition of yoga, the role of death in the path to liberation, what a gift it is to hold space, how we can hold the space for transformation and so much more. So enjoy this conversation. I just loved getting to be on the other side of the mic uh, with Craig. And I hope all of you take as much away from this conversation as I did on the importance of holding space, not just for others, but more importantly, learning how to hold space for your own transformation. So enjoy this conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podopolo, whatever podcast app you choose to listen to. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. And it also allows more people to learn about the show, find the show. If you haven't already left a review for the podcast, I would so appreciate you doing that. It goes such a long way. And not just me learning about what you love, but it allows other people to learn about the show and what they're going to get by listening to it. And so it just goes a really long way in getting these empowering conversations out to more people. So If you've gotten any value from the show, leave us a review, subscribe. And if there's anything Craig or I said on the conversation, in the conversation that really inspired you and moved you, please reach out to us, send us a a message on social media, email us. We just love hearing from you. So anyways, that's all I've got. And without further ado, here is the amazing Mr. Craig Villani. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what is up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a beautiful day so far. I am so excited to be sitting across from my main man, Mr. Craig. Welcome to the show, brother. Raj, thank you so much for having me. I was saying we were talking a little bit earlier, and I just want to reiterate this so the whole world can hear it. In in the truest sense, as, as a brother, I am honored that you would invite me on. 
it means a lot and I'm stoked to be here. So thank you for offering the connection. Dude, I just, I just love you. <laughs> like, like I, like I just want to start with that. Like, and I, cause I just remember the first time we met, we were sitting in a retreat and I just remembered how, like, just your presence was just so, like, I felt so just warm and safe actually, which I think is one of the most powerful compliments I can give somebody Yeah, is feeling really safe and invited in their presence. And and I think you had actually mentioned a word and, and I wrote it down in my journal at the time and I've been waiting for a moment to unpack it with you. And so here we are ready to unpack it. You were talking about how one of the most powerful words to you was the word allow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I would love to maybe unpack that with you. You know, what did you mean by that? And, and why do you believe that word has so much power? I'm really happy that you you dug right into this because that's at the crux of it. And if there has been, you know, there's a favorite books that I've gone out of my way to store copies of. So I happen to give to people. This is one of the best gifts I've ever received. And I am so in love with the idea of sharing it with people. I was going through as one does a really challenging time and, uh, you know, scraping some existential bottom. And I was coming out of this experience and a friend who's also one of my teachers sat with me in meditation and offered me years ago, this mantra, and, you know, up to this point in time, up to that point in time, I had worked with different forms of meditation and utilized mantra. Generally they were sound seeds, right? And rarely had I ever worked with a mantra in my language in English. So he offered this to me allow, and it's relative to let go, to release, to surrender. Okay. You get a, I get a, I'll work with men, women, mixed groups. When I get a, a group of men together and they're all there for the same reason, right? But if I say, all right, men today, we're going to work with surrender. There's a switch that goes off in most of our psyches based upon some of the ways that we were indoctrinated to believe that right. that's weakness. And you know, I mean, surrender can be considered one of our greatest strengths, but it's going to turn people off. If I say let go, if I say release, in my program, in my world, those words, however small, hold a seed of tension because they are requesting that something be done. I need to take action. Even the let go is an action. Allow. <laughs> Allow takes the kitten of my mind by the scruff of its neck and gently raises it up and it just goes, ah. And it's like, it's like warm water being poured over all of my rough edges and allow even the breathing with it, right? It's through the exhale, through the engagement of the parasympathetic. Allow, it's a whisper. It sounds almost like aloha, right? Ah, meaning breath. And incredibly powerful because not only does within it, it hold a seed that requires no action and releases all tension. The meaning of the word, okay, even though meaning is subjective, is so powerful. And when I remember that in any action, whatever I'm holding space for, whether it be my internal process that are coming up or someone else or sitting in meditation or tensions arise, happenings occur in the field, and then I judge them or I push against them, that resistance to what is, okay, that's our suffering. And when I remember allow, it's that breath that gives me that moment of disengagement and releasing from the clinging of the identity of what that is supposed to be in my program and in my story. And by saying that, by feeling that, by embodying that experience of allow, it does so many things. It gives me a moment to smile, to face what is coming up without or with little judgment, less judgment, and receive it. I can relax, I can release, I can receive, and that empowers me to respond instead of, and I love alliteration, maybe, you know, the R's, we're in the R category right now, and as opposed to resist, react, repeat, resist, react, repeat, resist, react, repeat, that's part of my program, I don't, whatever, I do like it, I don't like it, it's this, it's that, so it goes to that go-to loop, right? you know, it, it gives us the gift of the spaciousness within the infinite moment. I love one, just how much reverence you carry for 
the work. Like I can feel it in even the passion that you, with which you describe the word and the power it can have. Cause I know that that passion is inspired by transformation that you've seen in others impact you've experienced in yourself. Right. And so I'd love to maybe unpack your, your journey into transformation. How did you get started on this path and was it a chosen was it a choice or were you kind of <laughs> thrown into the deep water of the pool with no floaties on, just trying to figure things out? Well, e, I love your questions because they are mythic as far as how many ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know that, man. Oh, it, it, you know what I think of? Oh, and by the way, don't worry about the vase. When Neo knocks the vase over before, you know, what's really going to fry yeah. noodle kind of thing. It's like, what's choice? And without getting into that, because that's, whoo, that's okay. Beyond the construct or confines, I would imagine it's, um, does a path choose you or do you choose the path? And does it really matter? I feel his belief can be kind of, you know, um, static dynamically and fluidly. I feel that we have choice in our lives as far as choosing the quality of our relationship to what is. And I also feel like there's a choice we've made that goes beyond the linear temporal construct thingy. And we're following this interesting path in which we get to interact and interface with reality. Because, you know, maybe the process of enlightenment, no expert in that field, but the process of enlightenment may be realizing that reality and life exists for us and that we have the capacity to transform it and our relationship to it just Mm. by perspective alone, right? And, And also frequency is huge because... Yeah, I always tell people, people talk about energy. Like, oh, that's woo. I'm like, okay, everything is energy. That's all there is. That is a quote by one of my favorite yogis that ever lived, Albert Einstein. Everything is energy. Everything is frequency, vibration, energy. And it's if you're in a room, and especially someone you know walks into that room and they're really angry, you sense it, you feel it. It shifts the frequency of the container in the room. If somebody walks in and they are blissful and filled with joy, they're not even, you can't even see their face and they're making no noise. You sense it, you feel it, you connect with it. And the more we're connected to each other, the more we embody and feel that frequency. So back to your question. I started uh, when I was very young and, you know, I just, as many of us do, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, you can put titles on it, right? Feeling what other people feel. Oh, you're an empath, whatever, you know? And yes, okay. We all are. You are, I am. Now, are we expanding into the capacity of our intuitive faculty? Are we going moving beyond just cognition of beta frequency? When I was young, my, uh, my world was dream and wake and dream and wake. And I, I even dream became more real and it morphed, you know, like, okay, this isn't part of this reality, but this is, I always was digging into that. Now, I also looked at things from a perspective of, well, what's going to serve you in your life? And I kind of went to the, okay, well, that's not going to work if I just did this. You know, like for all the kids that when I grew up that read comic books and got told by their teachers or whoever, I don't know, just poo-poo to teachers, but anybody that said, oh, there's no future in comic books. Well, now there's the Marvel MCU and it's, it's huge, right? Who knows? When you follow your bliss and maybe my active, and I'm, I'm borrowing this from somewhere, my active working definition fluidly of bliss is every feeling fully felt, not just the, mm. oh, I'm happy or whatever. It's every feeling like leaning into it. So path started there when I was young and moving into life, I kind of shut off. There were, you know, a lot of stuff going on with family and my relationship to father, my relationship to the world. And I just, I closed off. I basically closed off my gifts because I didn't want to be different. Right. I know a lot of people that did that. I cut off my heart. I, I cut, put a block there. And uh, when I was in, I went to college and I just didn't care. I didn't really want to be there and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was very kind of lost and after college, I started really educating myself and reading. And at the time I would just spend the whole day at what we, you know, with a metaphysical bookstore and just devour everything the possible that I could. I mean, from physics to metaphysics. And then I was at a crux in my life where I was living in Los Angeles and I'd moved there after college to, uh, I figured oh, I'll move to Los Angeles and be a rock star <laughs> or somebody famous and, and make lots of money and blah, blah, blah. And it was just this, you know, love me, like me, accept me. And in a big way, it's like, I want to be special. 
And so I moved to Los Angeles to become a rock star, which meant I was bartending and nothing wrong with bartending, but you know, it's, uh, I was just at 30 years old and I'm like, this isn't my path. What am I going to do? And I started practicing yoga because a friend of mine invited me to go to class and I, she knew that I was not happy with working out anymore. It was a big part of my life as were sports and all that. And I went to yoga and I just had an epiphany in that room. It was one of the hardest things I had ever done with my body. And I'd done a lot of really interesting things and it just opened a door for me. I became within a year, I started teaching yoga, which never would have guessed, never would have thought. I couldn't even tell people I did that. This was like 99. I didn't think it was cool at all. And, um, I wound up leading what was considered the largest yoga teacher training in the world. I don't say that as like, you know, Hey, my spiritual resume, it's just, I was a one-year-old teacher. It was crazy. And I learned on the job and I, you know, what the nutshell is I had years where I witnessed humans in conscious, sometimes kicking and screaming transformation, people giving up their lives and changing the course of their lives to embrace a new path. And in that axis of transformation, watching all the layers open, all the unfolding happen, and then all the integration. And I got to watch that and for thousands of people. And that was such an education. Mm-hmm. I got to witness humans in transformation and participate in that and learn how to midwife it, facilitate it, assist, right? And uh, that put me on the path. I got to travel the world. I got to meet a lot of really amazing people. And I used yoga as a Trojan horse to deliver the message of connection, transformation, expansion, and awakening. You know? I think what's one awesome. There's so much in there. <laughs> Got so many questions. God. But one in particular, which I think is really important just in the context of everything you're sharing. Can you define what you mean by yoga? Because I think the conventional, when someone hears the word yoga, they have a very, mm-hmm. I would say like a, a, a one dimensional view of what that is. Yeah. And, and so I think just in the way you even described it, I know there's layers and layers to that word. So if you could just set the stage of what is yoga in the way that you define it in your own life and the way that you teach it even. Yeah. Oh God. There's a part of me that wants to like try a really bad dad joke and talk about, you know, ordering it with sprinkles, but <laughs> sorry, I had to do that. Um, yoga. Well, here, I'll go right to it. Like, I don't pretend to be a, a Sanskrit scholar. I'm from New Jersey. I don't want to butcher that ancient root language. Yeah. However, it's part of the terminology is what I, what I work with. So yoga, as far as I've been made aware, stems from a Sanskrit word, juj, which means to join. Joining, connection, union, balance. And for me, yoga the closest word that I, I can assign to it at this moment would be connection, communion, union. And when people say yoga, they're talking about, and again, I'm going by history, right? And what I've read and all that I've read tells me something similar that within the last five or 600 years, this modern methodology called a science by some of Hatha yoga which utilizes the physical body as a primary vehicle for self-observation and potential transformation, you know, utilizing some constructs like asana and pranayama. That's the new one. That's brand new. Yoga predates, you know, I mean, whatever we have, it, it just goes way back. And we're talking about, you know, the eight limbs. We're, we're looking at different ways in which humans being, okay, can connect, can experience mm. the awakening from the dream of the separate self and embracing our oneness, right? Embracing the source of what we all are, releasing the tension of polarity and understanding that everything is connected and there are no things. Everything is connected. So connection. Mm. And I can go into more words like opening, healing, and, you know, balance, union, connection, those three probably are more than anything. You know, when people work with the physical body as their first vehicle or the primary vehicle, we're working with what we call strength and flexibility or mobility and stability. We're working with body-mind, which will tend to say, this is mind and this is body. Where, where does one end and the other begin? It's frequency, right? So we're looking at unifying. And one of my favorite terms that I've learned from Indian teachers and practitioners who are much more intimate with what 
the language, the seed of the language holds is that yoga is about yoking, like bringing together the oxen and bring the yoking them together so that like the, the idea that the visual I'll, I'll give is like, okay, you've got a plow and you have a beast of burden that is wandering around the fields aimlessly or by itself. And maybe some of the field gets plowed. When you join the oxen together and maybe in our fundamental discussion, we'll, we'll see them as body mind, bring them together, yoke them. And then the greater, we, we allow that joining to happen. We embrace it. We invite it. Now the greater expanded awareness or consciousness of the, let's say the farmer who leads them. Well, now she may be considered Atman, soul, spirit, expanded self, you know, cause then we can get into the discussion of how do we look at what self is, you know, which is one of my favorite topics because it's continuously shifting. You know, are we separate self? Are we connected self? Are we unique self? What's, how do you slice, dice it? Long answer to a short question. Thank you for your patience. It would have to be connection. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I'm just really admiring right now is the nuanced nature that you're able to even express something like connection through mm-hmm. all these different limbs, through all these different aspects of self. Like, I mean, it's one thing I'm, I've certainly been exploring just as a, as a conscious, as, as someone who's trying to experience wholeness connection love within myself and and to hear the the depth and the dimensions that you're you're exploring it's it's really inspiring man <laughs> like to be honest like i'm wow. i'm i mean so like let's talk about the different aspects of self and 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 maybe even bring in more you know because i i think i actually really love the idea of the the oxen being like the mind the body and then like the the atma the soul being like the one who's who's guiding it. And I don't think that that, that didn't land for me on day one. Yeah. That, that was something that came to me after a very long time, after a lot of ego deaths, after a lot of experiences <laughs> where I had to allow or let go or release or surrender or whatever word we want to use. But oh. I had to go through a lot of those to even connect with that part of myself. And I think I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspectives around why that's so difficult. And something that's our birthright and something that we come into this world with, like, you know, like, I mean, it's something that that's in us at all times and whether we're conscious of it or not, it's there. Why do you think it's so difficult to actually even remember thyself? I could begin and I'll look, first thing I'll tell anybody when I'm sitting with them and they're saying, oh, you know, hey, you're playing the role of teacher. I'm playing the role of student. And I'm big into the idea of collaboration and, and transformational education where the teacher and the teaching keep switching roles. And that becomes the teacher and the taught become the teaching. There's nothing that I could. Wow. That's awesome. By the way, that's, that's amazing. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's embracing that and, and beginning to scratch the surface of that communion is completely transformed my relationship to communication and what we might call teaching. Because I'll tell people straight up, there's nothing I can teach anybody. There's nothing I know that you don't. What I can do potentially is help you remember that which you've chosen to forget. And we do that for each other. And it's self ish. It's brought into me because of what I gain from that experience. When you say chosen to forget, I just want to make sure I mm-hmm. highlight that. Can you can you just unpack that for a second? I've experienced in my life a pattern of events that I could frame. I could frame many different ways. I really have to push in order to do it. Where there is such an elegant, expanded intelligence involved in the creation of these events, like they be so far beyond random that in certain states of meditation and shifts in frequency and expanded states of awareness, it resonates as knowing, not knowing of, and not I'm certain, or I think that, or I believe it, which can be very dangerous. It's, I experience that, I feel it. And the best takeaway I have is that we have created the sandbox, the playhouse, the university, the experience, the video game of our lives. And we're navigating through it with 
consciousness expanding, allowing us to interact with it and transform it through that interaction. So what we've chosen to forget is, I'm going to go into what I feel, okay? That there's a veil of amnesia or forgetting that we bring into this life. And I'm quoting Merlin from Excalibur, for it is the doom of men that they forget. That's always stuck with me. And what if we knew what was around the corner? You know, the, the myth of the Cyclops that were had to exchange an eye for the for knowing when, when and how they were going to die for the moment of their death and how that tortured them until their death. If you knew what was, and it's how many times in my life have I wished I knew what was coming next? Oh my God, I, I wish I knew, should I do this? Should I do that? Because my mind likes to live in the what ifs, not the what was. And that's where, you know, the anxiety comes in, which is a really interesting energy to work with and invite into your tea party. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Lord Fear. Welcome to my tea party. You're the only <laughs> one. Not my first choice. And I don't remember inviting you, but hey, come on in, grab a doll. <laughs> you have the elephant seat. And <laughs> here's my favorite cup. <laughs> but what we can do is inspire each other in the truest sense of the world, in spiritus to, you know, and inspire is also, there's many different languages where the, the word for breath is the same as spirit. So breathe in the realization or the memory for a moment of releasing the veil of forgetting and being in the knowing, right? And then to tap into that unlimited, okay, let's appreciate that word, unlimited source of knowing, G-N-O-W, that rests within us, all of us, and reminding each other like, hey, everything we need is right here. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that right now. Oh, dude, I love just, and there's so much power in choosing to, and, and I think that's it. It's it's all a choice. Mm-hmm. And, and I heard you say earlier, you know, like there are certain perspectives that, that you see and like perspective shifts or, 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 or chosen perspectives that can empower hmm. a life of fulfillment, alignment, like e, like, I mean, I'd love to maybe even share a few of those. If you, if you've seen just from the thousands of people you've held space for, from the thousands of students you've learned from, mm-hmm. what are some of those common perspectives that if chosen can lead to greater alignment? What are those magic keys? Because I think that's, you know, I, I feel like we're all walking each other home. I, I, you know, in the words of Ram Dass, like I really, truly feel like we all might have our own journeys. We might all have our own upbringings. We might have our own paths. But at the end of the day, like mm. we were all born from a mother and a father and we will all die one day. And so mm. what happens in between is there's a lot that we can actually show up with if we choose to have the perspectives we choose. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to maybe unpack that with you or, or hear any that you've seen just on your own journey. You ask really good questions, man. <laughs> Dude, the questions themselves were like, oh, wow, I can dig into that. Uh, on the other side of fear, uh, I've heard is liberation. I'm learning that more and more. To witness a human confront, to look at, to listen to, to see, to explore, to get to know and to invite in fear, especially the stuff that gets really deep and tricky. Every time I witness that, I am, it's like being born again. It's like being inspired in the truest sense of the word, like breathing, like feeling the spirit, feeling the connection with this all. It's like, you know, there's argument that there's a lot more story than the monomyth. And I am, a, Joseph Campbell's one of my favorite teachers that I never got to meet. But following that one blueprint of the, the hero journey, you know, whether or not she chooses to go on the journey willingly, she goes. And to witness at the moment of truth, at the crux where the human has the choice to turn around, you know, the joke about the person that swam halfway across the river and they got too tired. So they turned back, you know, <laughs> it's almost always, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a circumstance where it's happened. I've continuously seen humans fearless with, through fear, not fearlessly embracing the fear, pass through it 
stepping out to where there was seemingly no ledge and being held, being, being caught and, um, you know, come to the edge. He told them, we're afraid. They said, come to the edge. He begged them. We're afraid. They said, come to the edge. He implored them. They came to the edge. Now jump. They jumped and they flew. That, you know, and the individual stories are all just really cool chapters in that book, right? But seeing someone pass through their lifelong fear, like something that is so deep within them, that the resonance of that pebble thrown into that sea of transformation is becomes a wave and that that is uh when we see that when we bear witness to it when we learn to listen so that we may hear we can all share these experiences and gain from them right and there are so many individual stories here's something that might work when i was young it might have been national geographic or one of the shows on tv where they were you know showing nature and one was you could see i believe if i remember correctly a chick a shadow of a chick within an egg and you saw it pecking at the egg like incessantly and nothing's happening nothing's happening and it gets to the point where it's just about to break through and there's an energy that you sense with the egg itself there's something that shifts And I'll almost guarantee you, like most of the time, if not all, that chick gets to that point where it's just about to poke its beak through. It's not sure of anything, but it's this is what it needs to do. It's just about to give up. And I believe maybe at the, I feel maybe at the moment where it just is ready to give up and let's go, that's when it breaks through. And that's something I've got to witness again and again. That's really inspiring. I really, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think that answers your question, but your question inspired that. Um, it didn't matter. I mean, the, the question, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like the question just is meant to inspire and then what's inspired is meant to be shared. And yeah. that's just that idea of like, I'm certainly starting to realize that the path to liberation is the medicine. It is the... It is the most rewarding. And the struggle for liberation is rewarding. I mean, everything for liberation, which is on the other side of fear in my eyes, is is the juice of life. It's that it's it gives the the focusing agent to the richness that is found in presence. And I'm curious to actually hear just from that, like in the spirit of what you just shared, even like like the role that death actually plays in and the acknowledgement of death plays in this path to liberation and this path to, and the dance with fear. I mean, like just from your own lived experience, like what role do you feel like death actually plays inside of the dance of life? In expansion, I have felt received and experienced that, Life, this this life that we share, this um, reality, this Maya, as amazing and as beautiful, as extraordinary, and as unique as it is, is merely our bridge to what we call death, which is our expansion into fullness of the being the fullness of the ocean of being. And maybe we as consciousness in that state of absolute ecstasy and eternal bliss decide to have a really interesting experience and feel all the feelings and see all the beauty and feel all the pain and experience suffering. Right? And it's I'm learning more, right? And uh, that the suffering really comes from resistance. And that's where allow comes in and is such a key, like key to ascension. It unlocks the door, right? Now there's survival, 
I'm not necessarily going to stand in the middle of the street, close my eyes and allow myself to get hit by a bus. You know, when things come up inside, when my resistance to the what ifs occurs, right. Or the, the noodle starts to go ahead to this could go wrong. This could go wrong. This could go wrong. Because if what I have heard and understood is true and it feels true is that what we call ego is not good or bad. It's an incredibly complex mechanism that is, been there for a very long time in our in our collective existence to help us survive. It's an incredible system for picking up anomalies, therefore threats to survival. And what we've done is we've not only allowed it to run the house, we've been indoctrinated to believe that thinking is what we are. Mm. Any of us who've experienced states of expanded awareness and consciousness and meditation or any myriad of, of methods or modalities that we've used, the knowing comes in that that is only a tiny fragment of what we are, only a small conduit, only one aspect of the lens or the prism through which the light of source, love, truth, existence shines. Yeah. And we're, you know, We've given a lot of props to the brain, which is, oh, wow, what an incredible, what an incredible thing that is. Here, the light comes from this opening, right? This is the gateway, the stargate to source. And as we open and the heart, you know, the center opens, that light shines through the sometimes very detailed, intricate, powerful crystalline architecture of mind and I'm pointing to brain, but you know, mind that we've, we've, a lot of us spent our lives creating. Now we have the power, the light for the system to shine through it. Whereas before I was working so fervently on my hamster wheel to try to create energy through thinking. Now, when, when the light shines through, the thinking can release. We let go of that tension of resistance to this moment. That's what life is. Thinking takes me into the past, which may have never happened, and the future. When have you ever actually experienced tomorrow? There's no such thing as the future. It's all now. And in this eternal now moment, in presence, without resistance, without clinging to what may be or what may have happened, I am now, I am present, I am here. I am expanded and I'm connected. And in that moment there's no fear there's no problem there's no suffering right there's only now and you know we got to pay our bills and plan the trips and take care of the people we got to take care of being present in that is where liberation lies and that releasing and one of my favorite terms that i've come across the idea of attachment because attachment's kind of abstract for me is clinging Ooh, I get that. I can feel that clinging on to me and myself mm. clinging on to my attachments. Like I need this as opposed to like, I have everything that I need and I love this, you know? And then that's, then we, now we move into the essence of all transformation, which is what we call love and not the identification or the attachment to, or this is mine kind of thing. And the eternal, infinite, exponentially expanding energy of all consciousness, all being, all existence now and forever. What we are. And it is that remembering, the the releasing, the peeling away, the unfolding of the veil, the layers, the walls that we create to protect, to keep ourselves separate, right? When that starts to fall away, that's that's the path. Mm. That's what we're all here to remind each other of, to hold space for each other in. And I know hold space is a really fun pop psychology term, but where I know when we talk about it, you know, holding space to me is the art of connection. It is true, not like art where your nose is in there, but really it's just you never master it. It's constantly shifting and expanding. And every moment met, okay, every experience experienced is unique and 
Mm. Profound. Dude, I just <laughs> just love you, man. Like <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> like I, <laughs> Like uh, I've, I have tears in my eyes right now, just hearing you talk about like just holding space, and I have to ask, like, what inspires you to show up the way you do? <sighs> There's truth in this. It started out as penance because when I contracted in somehow stopped living consciously from the heart. And this happened when I was very young. In order to protect myself, I created a very abrasive outer layer. And I I navigated the world less than kind. And I, I, I feel that that was a powerful tool and experience for me to say, okay, you know what? That doesn't feel good. And in this fear of being hurt or betrayed or wounded or disliked, like, you know, trying to please everybody else so I would feel safe. I was just pushing people away. And that I can frame it like I was uncool to other people, you know, really, I was just punishing myself. And um, the force that holds us down is far less than the force of the release. And Mm. if I'm aligned with the story that I was telling earlier about us choosing, you know, at least the outline of our lives, I'm like, okay, it wasn't all fun. Wow. It gave me so much potential energy to create so much momentum. And then, you know, it starts out, it started out, this looks good. People respect and like that I'm on a path of service. It affirms me. It, you know, I get attention. And yeah, I'm doing good work. So that justifies it, right? I, and I, but I, it was about me. It was about, it was focused on what I was receiving. Then here's the other thing. It became so much easier to hold space for other people's shit. <laughs> it's not mine. And yep. one of the first things I'll talk to a facilitator of any modality when we're working together is like our biggest blind spot is the mirror. And we we must have have that mirror that we hold for one another. Call it feedback or holding space or reflection, you know, whatever. We need that. We need that so much in our lives. And when we do that for one another, it's like, you know, Beauty is infinity staring at itself in a mirror. It just amplifies the process and it expands and exalts and it, it rising tides lift all ships. Yeah. And also I feel like that's really what we're here to do is hold space for each other's chosen path of transformation. And I've had this thing that's come up. I've talked about it a bunch. It's really, I, I, I love it. Sometimes there are connections in my life where, you know, I'll, be joined with another human or even passing the street. There's a moment for connection that I will be contracted or I will choose not to engage in. And that's a, it's sad because it's a missed opportunity. I had an opportunity to connect with another human soul and to realize our sameness. You know, the yoga world, people say namaste, which my friends who speak Hindi tell me that, you know, namaste can mean just hello to you. Right? Like, yeah. Hey, what's up? Well, if we resonate on a, you know, a deeper level with it, it's, you know, that which illuminates the essence of being within me or that the consciousness of the light within me acknowledges and sees that sameness in you. We are one. And I have also been told that in the language of a lot of earth-based cultures, that their greeting is, I see you. I see you. You know, we are one. We are the same. And especially, you know, through our collective illusion and hallucination of reality and the indoctrinations that we've all basically been through. We share a lot of that, the path of expansion, liberation, and remembering the truth of not just who we are, what we are is the one that we're on. And each of us, I feel, and that's that this is the beauty of connection because maybe life is just this eternal moment of connecting with 
everything and all thing and every being and all being. Maybe each of us within our hearts holds a unique small piece, a golden fragment of this cosmic treasure map. And every human being, every unique expression of divinity shining through the gateway of the heart, through the flesh, in this life, in this reality, has a unique piece of that map. And by allowing and inviting and receiving the connection that we are here to experience with ourselves, each other, and the earth, and our world, and nature, that we can piece together that map for ourselves and experience greater wholeness and fulfillment in our lives. You know, this is one of the reasons why I, I think when I, I met you, I, I just immediately could feel the depth with which there's a humility with which you speak about the work that I'm, I'm just really inspired by man. Like I, I can't, I knew this the second I met you. It, it wasn't even a words thing. I just could feel you. I think that's the, that's, that's the thing. Like there's, there's, there's a, a felt energetic bow mm. to the work and what it is and the, the gift that people give you by trusting in your presence. Like, you know, like, like, like there's a, again, like, and the fact, and, and I can feel how much you, you honor that and hold that sacred and you revere it. And it's just, it's just one of my like truly, actually, like I'm so grateful that I get to call you a friend and I'm just grateful that I get to learn from you, man. Like I, I really like, I mean, it is, it is such a, such a gift to, I'm just, I'm grateful. I, I know that this conversation was just, I didn't know where the hell we were going to go with it, to be <laughs> honest. Like I had a, I had a general theme and an idea, but, um, to get to experience you in your element, mm-hmm. really, truly speaking from your heart and your soul, it was a gift that I certainly very much enjoyed today. And one that I know anyone listening is probably going to be just full of heart for. So just thank you, brother, for for just being. That's the, the big word, big capital being. Raj, thank you for the honor and the joy of connecting and I'm going to receive and acknowledge all that you said and receive it in the sense that I'm grateful for our collaboration, our communion, because your, your heart and who you are inspires that opening and gives permission to, and an invitation to that expansion. And um, I'm just it's been so much fun to ride this wave with you, bro. So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Love we're just getting feeling. started. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're totally just getting started, man. If anyone listening wanted to reach out and just say thank you or share a perspective, what would be the best way to do that? They can contact me through um, an, an email they want. Craig at rajayogaacademy.com. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear from them. You know, beautiful. Well, brother, I got one last question for you. What's that? In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been, and everywhere you are going, how do you stay grounded? The people that I love, my family, my chosen family that hold me and laugh at my bonker shit and tell me no. Tell me yes and embrace me and love me just for who I am. You know, one of my biggest fears was showing up fully as myself and being unloved. And in the eyes of those who hold me close to show up in the fullness of everything and feel safe and held in love that grounds me and and okay if you want to get real too the ocean the ocean really grounds me oh dude i i can so resonate with that that fear 
of being seen and held in all of you, in all of you. That is, that has been my work and my greatest teacher to allow deeper and deeper levels of that. There's something that come, that's coming up. Can I share it? It came to me late. It's a quote by Meister Eckhart, who's a 13th century German mystic. And in, in English, the quote is, if the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it will be enough. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Craig. And from us, stay grounded. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.